So this is the inaugural podcast of the Alabama Literacy Network. We represent various groups working on literacy in the state. We hope to bring a wide variety of resources together to help school leaders, teachers, and parents so that all children read at high levels. We believe that literacy is a fundamental right that is tied to so many positive outcomes that we want for the citizens of Alabama. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Bell-Smith. As we begin this journey, let's start in September of 2019 when legislation was passed in Alabama that is now commonly referred to as the Alabama Literacy Act. Perhaps the most discussed aspect of the law was that third grade students who do not read at grade level at the end of the year may not be promoted. Although this has gained the lion's share of attention, the implications of this bill are quite large for Alabama schools, the educators who are in them, but most importantly, the students who are affected by it. Today, we're going to have the opportunity to hear from the sponsor of the bill, Representative Terry Collins of Decatur, and co-sponsor Representative Alan Baker of Escambia County about what led to the creation and passage of this bill and what their vision is for both the implementation of the Literacy Act and overall literacy in the state. Welcome, both of you. Glad to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. So first of all, Representative Collins, can you tell us a little about yourself and your involvement in education and what led you to create this act? Well, I'm Terry Collins. I'm a state representative from um, District 8, which is Indicator in Morgan County. And um, I have three children that grew up in the public school system and um, one is teaching there now and married another person that's teaching there now. And so i um, um, wanting to do the right thing. I chair education policy. I serve on education ways and means in the house and so um, have a keen interest. I actually chair child abuse and neglect prevention and vice chair of Southern Regional Educational Board. So there are a lot of things that um, kind of direct me and focus me on education issues. But um, I would go back to um, 2010. I was elected and during that time, I'm studying education systems, and Florida had gone from the bottom 10% to the top 10% in the nation in less than 10 years, and that was what motivated me. So I've looked a lot at conferences and things like that at some of the um, legislation that they had passed that had made a difference for that, and it's a lot about accountability and parent choice and um following through, I think the first bill I voted on in a regular session was the Rolling Reserve Act. When I got to the legislature and served on the um, Ways and Means Committee, um, we were uh, $1 billion less to appropriate that first year than we had the year before, and we owed a half a billion. And the first bill we passed was a Rolling Reserve, which creates a more steady um, budget and it's actually set Alabama up. So now when I'm on conference calls all around the nation, they're cutting teachers and they're making terrible, hard decisions that we're not having to. We ended above the year last year with our budget year and we actually increased. And so um, not as much as we'd hoped to in January, but we have still increased. So I think some of those are the things Locally, what I'm, I'm really doing is we started back in 2011 working on pre-K initiatives. We would apply for grants for the state, and then we would raise money and fund one or two more classes. 
So what we called it jump starting our area. And so we're getting really near capacity in our area. And I'm very proud of that. And last year we actually opened an early learning center, which has a, a pre-K class, Head Start pre uh, Head Start class, pre-K class, and three childcare. And to be honest, I think childcare is going to be my next area of interest because we know so much about how quality um, childcare affects that developing brain in that baby. And then we know from the pandemic how critical it is to our workforce. So those are my, um, what leads me to be interested in that. Love it. Thank you. Representative Baker, tell us about yourself and your involvement in education and what your motivation was for being involved in this process. Certainly. Well, uh, I was a career educator, was a uh, classroom history teacher, very much enjoyed that experience, um, and uh, also was a coach. Uh, But I'll say first and foremost, I was a teacher first, and then coaching was extracurricular. But uh, to me, it was a very good blend. I felt that to be an effective teacher in the classroom, that I needed to uh, be an effective coach in the classroom and coaching those students. And then as well, uh, on the field, as a coach, I felt uh, to be an effective coach that I needed to be an effective teacher in teaching skills uh, as football and track were the two primary sports that I coached. So it was a very good blend for me. I stayed uh, in the classroom the entire time. I did not know... I did not go the administrative route as a number of educators might would go. And with no disrespect to those that serve as administrators, uh, I, I very much enjoyed the uh, direct contact interactions with the students uh, during those 27 years of serving as a classroom teacher. It was uh, um, late in that career as an educator that I felt somewhat maybe drawn or calling towards public service, maybe at the state level, and also with some encouragement in that direction. And with a lot of prayerful consideration, uh, did launch out without any prior political experience uh, to, to um, attempt to run and serve in the state legislature and was successful in 2006. And so it's been my pleasure and my honor to be able to serve the people as well as to be a strong voice Uh, an advocate for education, quality education in our state. Uh, I I do serve as chair of the local, of the House Local Legislation Committee, also serve as chairman of the Joint Legislative Advisory Committee on Economic Incentives, and also am very heavily engaged, uh, as is uh, uh, the Chairwoman Terry Collins, who chairs the education policy, but she also has a very vital, important role Uh, on the uh, Education Ways and Means Committee. And that's really uh, a committee that I really, really enjoy uh, serving on under leadership of Chairman Bill Poole, who does an incredible job. But uh, uh, the um, motivation towards the Literacy Act, in which uh, I I need to just give, I mean, kudos to Chairwoman Collins, just um, her heart, her passion on that, the incredible work that she's done. Uh, But it goes back, actually, to uh, just some of the basic fundamentals that I saw that were necessary in education. And to me, the the analogy that I've used often, in fact, uh, um, Nick Moore with the governor's office, he and I have somewhat used that analogy in in varied groups that we've spoken uh, with regarding education and particularly with the Literacy Act, uh, that we consider the uh, locking and tackling that's so necessary in football. It really doesn't matter what offensive schemes, the expert coaches that have their uh, offensive schemes or defensive schemes, but if you don't have the fundamentals of blocking and tackling, it's hard to be successful 
And uh, with that, then the equivalent uh, skills on the education front uh, would be literacy and numeracy. And uh, so uh, those were two things that uh, uh, recognize we need to continue to focus upon uh, in education, although there's a lot of the other peripheral type things that are a part of the education process and so much more that's heaped on teachers now in, in terms of uh, things that are expected that they uh, are expected to do within the classroom setting. But uh, getting back to that, uh, there was a Bama team, uh, maybe about a dozen of us that went over to visit Mississippi based on the gains that Mississippi had had with their literacy. And uh, so that really caught our attention. And so that dozen of us, of which two were legislators, uh, uh, Chairwoman Collins and myself, and then several others with education affiliations, leadership groups within Alabama. We spent a full day there in Jackson. Uh, school Superintendent Dr. Kerry Wright uh, was very gracious. And uh, as she spoke, but as well had a lot of, of her staff that spoke. And then actually some of those uh, out in the field, a uh, member of principal, one of the schools came in and spoke and just, uh, it really was very refreshing, very encouraging to feel like that there uh, was maybe a model, somewhat of a pathway for Alabama to customize our own Literacy Act and, and maybe uh, do make some very um, monumental gains for our, our state. So um, that, that's really uh, in a nutshell, somewhat uh, the direction that got us on the Literacy Act. Great. Thank you. So when the act passed, there were a series of actions that had to take place, such as the formation of committees. Uh, those committees had to create certain things. The Alabama State Department of Education had to create plans for schools to implement the plan. Now that we've started school this year with the plan in place, what progress are you seeing? Um. I'm seeing a good bit of progress. I um, often use the analogy that we're trying to um, fly the plane while we're building it. <laughs> and we understand that. But I do want people to see and to remember that there were certain things that were in place. Um, even before we went to Mississippi, I'd had the legislation. I knew we didn't have the higher ed part right. And so trying to learn what they had done there and then get it right for our, our state was really important to me. Um, but even the summer while we were in Mississippi visiting, we had about 200 and something teachers already in professional development, high quality letters program. We right now have over 9,000 teachers that are going through that high because what we're finding is they're not necessarily coming out ready to teach the science of reading. We actually have a few of our higher ed um, universities that are offering this, the letters program that we're having to do to supplement. They're offering that now in their undergraduate. And I'm very excited to see some of that and hoping that we see more. Um, so getting our teachers that come out of school prepared and our current teachers prepared. We hired um, this year, the department hired 60 regional literacy specialists who are working with their ARI teams, which were already in place. You know, Alabama was that leader that Representative Baker spoke about back in the, you know, mid 2000s. Um, and I knew that we had a base to get this right. We had just kind of gotten off track a lot from those budget concerns that I mentioned earlier. But um, anyway, we, um, this year, we um, have 
the 60 regional specialists that are going to hold each of those regions accountable before they get their money to make sure we're having the high quality and that the Literacy Act is being implemented. So I think that quality control will go a long way. We've sent out some implementation plans. We started in um, 19, the year the bill passed with the Literacy Task Force, and um, they um, are working very hard. They are really all very qualified, and they are doing a good job trying to send out the quality. And then this year, we have started with your group, Shelley, the um, grade level reading committee, and they are, um, y'all are starting to work hard. I think you have your first meeting this week, so I think we're on a good track to be successful. Um, and yes, in a perfect world, we would have started a lot sooner with some of these foundational things, but we can't, it's, it's, we'd rather work as we go because we want to get it right for every student that we can make a difference. for. Great. Representative Baker. Um, I, I see progress really in two main areas at this point. Uh, one being the, uh, the two uh, references that, that Chairwoman Collins has mentioned in regards to the literacy task force, uh, uh, getting organized and, and getting up and going and, and with their work. And then uh, as well, then um, the uh, committee that you now are chairing, Shelley, the grade level reading committee. And so I, I see those two um, pieces as being important as somewhat some of the foundation for this Literacy Act to move forward and having a good solid base uh, in regards to sustaining what we, we hope to accomplish with this, with elevating the reading and, and providing uh, the support, uh, setting the standards, just all the above that's a, a part of this process. So I, I think the formation, particularly of those two entities, the Literacy Task Force and the Grade Level Reading Committee, I think are a very important step of progress that I see. The other, has been, as Terry's already made some reference to this, uh, would be some of the professional development uh, provided to the teachers, particularly with the letters, the uh, uh, the uh, language essentials and teaching uh, reading and spelling. And uh, that is something that it's been very refreshing, but yet somewhat uh, a little bit um, maybe bittersweet in hearing some of these teachers that after uh, having the experience of training through letters and they just almost like uh, have a sense of that, oh, I wish I'd had this so many years earlier. I could have been so much more for my students. And so that is, it's very refreshing for me, very encouraging to feel that uh, we are helping to set the stage for teachers through the teacher prep programs, as well as through the professional development, uh, that uh, teachers will be uh, in a better position to, to be prepared uh, for their students in teaching uh, reading, as well as uh, that uh, they, in going forward, uh, feel like they have the support uh, that's, that's needed for them to be that best teacher in, in teaching reading. So that, that's been just very encouraging to me uh, with that. But those are the, the two primary areas of progress that I've seen. Great. Thank you so much. So, um, Representative Collins, what do you see as the current challenges for literacy in Alabama? Uh, and maybe could you speak to before COVID and then post-COVID? Because we certainly are in a different place now because of COVID. I, um Yes, we are. And I don't think we know where we are necessarily. And so that's certainly a challenge. Um, I would have said um, beforehand, just the fact that we're trying to 
uh, build and fly the plane at the same time, that we're just now getting this set up, the task force with quality and the committee that's going to push forward and implementation. Um, but I would say right now that in my mind, some of the biggest challenge we have is that we weren't even able last, the end of last school year, to do our new testing, which was a baseline, and that we're behind the curve on that, that to me is one of the biggest things that Alabama has that is a deficiency that other states that have had a continuum of testing may not have as much, is that our testing is going to be a baseline. We're not going to know what how that compared necessarily before. There are some things that will connect it. But that, to me, is our number one. Um, we have so many students virtually learning, and I'm not, I don't think any of us know how that's going to compare. I know after the first nine weeks, I'm hearing of numerous school systems that are having to push for students who are suddenly failing to get back into in-person classes. But I think the main thing, and I'll end with, is just we had gaps in where our children were learning before and we had a little bit better understanding of that. And now we don't know those gaps. And so we'll just have to be looking for them. I agree. Representative Baker, what are your thoughts on that? I would say before COVID, uh, I think that uh, one of the challenges that we were still facing was still getting buy-in from um, educators just across the state. Uh, and a number that were very supportive of the Literacy Act as it, uh, as it passed, but then uh, still the reluctance of some across the state that uh, still uh, just uh, were those that they had rather have seen the Literacy Act uh, go down in flames and have failed. And so uh, with that, I think trying to get the buy-in from superintendents, principals, and just educators, many of which didn't fully understand, I think maybe is at the very forefront in some of your introductory comments mentioned uh, just in regards to that a lot of the focus was on the retention at third grade level instead of, I mean, I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I, I look at it as the promotion, the proficiency from the positive that's a part of this, all the support, the interventions, the screenings, everything that, be, that can be done to help these students be successful as they complete that third grade year. And, uh, and then just uh, so many aspects of the Literacy Act that, that were not fully understood. And so with that, I think the, the getting the buy-in, that was a continued effort that was ongoing across the state. But I think that shifted once the pandemic hit, uh, then it's where, uh, I think educators, uh, everyone, uh, everyone's just trying to sort of keep their head above the water as best they could, not knowing exactly how things would shake out uh, at the end of the school year last year and then going forward through the summer months into the upcoming school year. So uh, somewhat saying post-COVID, uh, I think that is a term that, that really is very shaky at best because we really don't know exactly when this might all end. So all of the uh, daily um aspects of the education process in the classroom that are ongoing now with the coronavirus and uh, the school systems that uh, uh, have the uh, somewhat blended where you've got the in-person teaching as well as the virtual education. And so I see that really, I think that's something that Terry had mentioned, uh, ex knowing exactly how that's going to shake out as uh, without question in my mind, the in-person interactive teaching is the best. Right. I think the ideal 
And so uh, that said, I, I think that that will be important for us going forward in regard to literacy gains. But I think that uh, with, uh, and we need to be very uh, respect, respectful and sensitive to those that uh, have the virtual education due to uh, safety, health concerns, or whatever uh, yes. the rationality is for their not being in person at the school. But uh, I think that will greatly affect uh, the uh, the gains that we are hoping to achieve through the Literacy Act with the virtual education that's also a part of that as a separate alternate delivery system. Great, thank you. So Representative Collins, can you tell us just where you see Alabama heading in terms of literacy overall? Hopefully we get past the pandemic and you know down the line, what, what's your vision? I think that we're heading in a really good direction. I think we're moving forward and in the right direction. I mean, we started PD now three years ago, professional development for our teachers. And so more and more have added into that. I think that's good. We've created that literacy task force already, and they are very qualified, and they're working on quality decisions for assessments, interventions, things like that. And now, Shelly, we've got our grade level reading committee that's working on implementing and making sure that we're doing this right. So I'm seeing that unity. Representative Baker talked about earlier that um, when we were in Mississippi, he mentioned the department and the superintendent and the teachers and the regional people coming in. But they were also a member from their Senate, a member from their House. Their entire school board, state school board, stuck their head in. They were unified and together to move forward and get it done. And they all admitted by the end of the day, it was really the legislation that pushed it. And I'm starting to see more and more of that unity within Alabama that we can get this done and this is going to be a good thing. And so... Um, I think all of us really want to see all children able to read. So I think as parents, as just members of the community, the business community, everyone is going to get unified behind making sure that we're successful in this. Great. Thank you. Representative Baker, your thoughts? Mine uh, follows very closely with what um, Terry Collins already shared. Um, I see the teachers feeling much more empowered and supported uh, through the uh, teacher prep programs and the coursework uh, that's been added as, as part of the Literacy Act, as well as just the ongoing professional development. Uh, so that, I think, is a, a huge uh, thing for, for us in, in regards to, I think, the teachers, and this goes back to some comments I made earlier, I think that uh, some of the teachers, they, they were teaching as best they, they could and, and such, but it's where, uh, I guess it's with anything, you, you have to stay on top of your game somewhat, and so it's not necessarily the teachers that were fault, but I think some of just the, within the um, framework of preparing teachers, as well as providing adequate uh, support through professional development, that uh, we just weren't quite uh, staying up to par maybe where we needed to be. So I think through the Literacy Act, this has uh, really caused a refocusing uh, on the importance of literacy. And uh, so with that, I, I think that we are really moving in a very strong direction. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, I see fewer students falling through the gaps. And so that's very, very important. I, I think with the uh, Literacy Act and the various um, 
processes that are part of that from the screenings, the diagnostics, the interventions, um, the support, and, and, and not only that, the parent involvement. I love that as being part of the bill as well, uh, that, so that parents, not only the notification, but as well providing the parents with means to also help be of support uh, in that uh, literacy effort of, of trying to help their, their child progress, not only the teacher, but the parent being involved as well. So I, I see there's great opportunity for us to move forward with this, just eagerly excited. I would share just as a sort of concluding side note, uh, I would hope to see more administrators that take advantage of the opportunity for professional development, um, such as the letters program or something equivalent of that, uh, so that they could be more effective drivers in this focus on literacy and be of greater support to their teachers. So uh, I, I would hope that would be something that I would see in the upcoming near future. Great. Thank you so much. So I want to thank both of you, number one, for what you've done for children and families in Alabama, um, and then for joining us here today. Uh, we certainly may ask you to come back and give us some updates on not only the Literacy Act, uh, but also for just the literacy efforts in Alabama, and uh, asking everyone to tune in for the next podcast episode, which will be an interview with Mr. Nick Moore from Governor Kay Ivey's office, and he has spearheaded Governor Ivey's efforts to increase literacy and has been involved with uh, her Strong Start, Strong Finish initiative, as well as the campaign for grade level reading. This podcast was brought to you by Bright Spot Ed LLC, an educational consulting company based in Alabama, providing consulting, professional learning, evaluation services, and resources. Uh, and our goal is to highlight the good and replicate it across education. Check us out at www.brightspoted.com. Thank you so much.